host, Carol Mix, and I'm so excited that you are here. If you haven't done so already, head on over and hit that follow button just so that you never miss another episode. Today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about self-love or self-care, and why does that have us feeling so dang guilty? Now, I don't know if you've ever felt this or experienced it, but I happened upon a post this week, and it was so interesting to see how many people, women primarily, that were feeling selfish, they were feeling guilty about taking care of themselves. Like, what the hell is going on up in here? It took everything in me not to just go through that entire thread, which was somebody else's, and just say, what? Are you thinking what is even going on in here? Now, before I sound like I have fully evolved and transformed into this person who has zero guilt about taking care of myself, I don't hang out in that space much anymore, but it does still flare up for me. I remember what it feels like. I remember distinctly. So there was a part of me that was like, what the hell are you even thinking? Like, how can you feel that way? And then the other part of me remembered a version of myself that felt exactly the same way. And that was at a time when my husband worked nights, I worked days, I had three children, they were my responsibility, I owned two businesses. There was zero time for me in my mind to think about self-love or self-care. That was the last freaking thing I was thinking of. I was like, I need to freaking survive this day. I need to do all this shit and I'm never going to get it all done. And the minute that I started to think of what am I going to do for me? Oh, that was just completely bypassed. There was no, actually most times there was no even thought of that until I was pissed and resentful at the end of the day. That's when I thought about it. So whenever I thought about it, I think that I spent more time in anger and in resentment when I thought about self-love or self-care than I did about feeling guilty because I felt like the guilty part was when I thought of how am I going to break away so that I would have enough time to go do the things that I want to do for me. So that's when guilt was activated. And that wasn't often because I was so busy being in angry and I was so busy and being resentful because I'll, I had all this shit upon me that I had to do. So how do we break out of that? Because there's two things going on, right? We're in anger, we're in resentment, we're exhausted. And then when we do step out and through, it's into guilt because, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I should be taking care of others, right? And there's this thing that we've got, and I saw this, so again, I'm coming from looking at the data of this long ass thread that women are feeling selfish, they're feeling like they're neglecting others, and there is this little part of us that feels selfish. And I'm like, well, where is this selfish idea coming from? Because when we say self-love is selfish or self-care is selfish. That just sounds stupid. (laughs) It does to me, right? That doesn't even make sense to say it out loud, but we do feel that on the inside in some ways because again, I'm seeing everybody saying, it's me, it's me, I feel selfish or I'm neglecting others or neglecting these things that need to be done even though we're ignoring ourselves. But I didn't yell that out in the room. See, I was nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just going to yell it out here because you know what? This is my spot and I can do that. I'm not going to go blow up somebody else's spot. But I was thinking about it and I, I honestly feel that society often emphasizes the importance of caring for others. You should do this. You should do that. And a lot of times I think we were really conditioned from an early age on of what it means to take care of somebody else first and then worry about yourself after. So this is just a trickle down effect that no longer has to be here. I pray to little baby Jesus that I am breaking and shattering this. There was a good portion of my life where I thought this way. So I think that maybe my first child, <laughs> he saw a lot of that, that being modeled and maybe he has some of those traits, but I pray that my next two in line got to see a version of me that began to take care of herself because that's really where it started with them. And I admit I did have a lot of guilt as I was transitioning from the caretaking to the point where I was fully depleted and exhausted to breaking through what it felt like to feel really guilty or feel bad about leaving them and going doing the things that I need to do for me, whether it was for work or for my pleasure. Because there really was once a point where I drew a line that it had to be just for work that I was leaving these kids you know, and that's absurd. And really understanding that I can do this for my own pleasure too. And they're just going to be okay. You know, it really wasn't in my head. And again, the conditioning that I had comes from a single mom. My mom was a single mom that worked two jobs. There wasn't any room for pleasure in her life. There was literally like one job, a little bit of sleep, then another job, a little bit of sleep, and then back to doing the same thing all over again. So this idea of self-care, self-love really wasn't uh, modeled for me because she was in pure survival mode for most of my life. So it makes sense that I would bring this forward. And how blessed are we now? How wonderful is it now that we live in a place where this idea of self-care and self-love being a priority in our lives, I'm living during that time. I don't know that my mom did. I don't know that my grandmother did. Come to think of it, my grandmother had nine children. Can you even imagine nine kids? I, I do not have nine children. <laughs> And anyone that does, just OMG, more power to them. That is just an absolute miracle. And I can't even imagine what it takes to be able to care for and pay mind to nine other individuals on top of yourself. But I think that that's a whole other conversation for another day. So the importance of remembering that self-care is not selfish and taking care of oneself can actually lead to better physical and mental health, which can benefit both the person and those that are around us. Think about it. Every time that you've pushed off your self-care or things that are loving towards yourself, has it ever left you not feeling exhausted and resentful at the end of it? Are you showing up at the end of the day after you've run your ass ragged for everybody else? There's no room for you in there. Are you delighted? Are you energized? Or are you tired and resentful? And you're not showing up fully in your own capacity that you could 
in order to be and serve those around you in the way that you really want to. Again, I remember when the kids were little, I would be a tired bitch by the end of the day. I had zero patience, compassion, kindness. I was just pushed to all of my edges, thinking that that's the way that it had to be done. Not knowing until I learned, you don't know until you know, that if I don't give myself some sort of break, if I don't give myself some sort of care and some love and some compassion in the same way that I was expecting myself to show up for my family, then how the hell was I going to do it for everybody else? Like how unrealistic was that? But I couldn't see it at the time. I was just too immersed in it, right? So self-love or self-care without feeling guilty would be looking at how often are you putting yourself last and doing for others before doing for yourself. So the turnaround for myself that I had to ask, and this took some time for me to figure that out, is how often was I putting someone else's non-critical needs ahead of my own critical needs? I'm going to say that again, but I'm going to ask you, how often are you putting someone else's non-critical, and I'm highlighting that, non-critical needs ahead of your own critical needs? So critical needs are things like rest, good food, some freaking peace and quiet, doing the things that you want to do, creating time to move your body, and just doing things that bring you joy. Not joy for everybody else because, oh, that will just be easier. And I was her. (laughs) It will be easier if we just keep everybody else happy and I will just be happy with what's left. That's total bullshit. But that's what I did to survive. I didn't know any better. I didn't have somebody in my ear like I am in yours right now saying, hey, that's some bullshit. Stop doing that. You need to take care of you because you know at the end of the day when it's another day that has passed and you haven't worked out or you haven't done just taken some space for yourself to show up for you and you run from thing to thing That most of that running had to do with everything and everyone else except for yourself. And it leaves you at the bottom of the list. Once I started to see that I'm at the bottom of my list literally and nobody, nobody is here to save my ass and come move me up to the top of that list. And I'm not even saying that I need to be in that number one spot every single day. Um, Screw everybody else. I'm not coming at it with that energy. For me, if I land even in the top three, one, two, or three, I'm satisfied because someday somebody else's needs are going to come ahead of mine. I'm going to need to jump in there and that's okay. That does not mean that I need to stay at the bottom of the list for a sustained amount of time for months and years because that's where I used to live. That place sucks. (laughs) the worst. So if you are there, if you are there, how do we move you to the top of the priority list without feeling guilty? Now think about it. Guilt is simply us just looking back and thinking about or experience sadness or regret over a past action. And it may have us feeling like we have caused some harm or broke a code, some sort of thing like that. 
when most times we are bypassing that we are breaking our own freaking code and we're letting ourselves down. But we're too busy worrying about everyone else to move ourselves onto the priority list. But that's a discussion for another day. I'm just gonna make that a whole other discussion and thinking about right now what it is that we're bypassing or breaking and letting ourselves down because that disappointment and that resentment and that anger does rise up to the top and that's the foot that we're leading with when we are not making ourselves a priority. Like I said a little bit earlier, I would show up less patient, resentful, just tired, cranky, just I was a cranky bitch. And there was just no need for that. And I couldn't see. I was looking outwardly. I was blaming everything and everyone else for why I was so cranky and tired. When in actuality, it was my choices. It was my prioritizing that was putting me in that position that I was continuously depleted all the time. So some of the things that I cued in for me to shift this for myself was my all or nothing thinking. I had to be doing all the things for everyone else and that was the only way that it could be. It was this or that, not this and that. And with this and that, that means that I can be doing this for you and I can be prioritizing myself. I can figure out how I'm going to have some quiet time. I can figure out how I'm going to take a block of time for me to do the things that I need to do that are part of my critical and my freaking non-critical needs. There was a time where I literally had to set an alarm for myself and just go and wander in the woods for a certain amount of time because I knew I had to go pick up those kids. was my job, right? I still had to do my job, but I was like, wait a minute, you know what? I'm going to carve this time. I'm going to steal some time for myself. And I would. There were times where I would take a really good book. I love traveling with my book. I love reading. And sometimes it's funny. I had found that when in the younger years, I call them the younger years, when I was taking care of all of these kids I would read incessantly and I just saw a meme recently where a person was talking about reading as a form of escape and it never occurred to me that literally I was trying to escape my life and I just needed a break and I needed a place to fall into and doesn't a book do that for us which is one of my favorite things about reading. I love going into that book and they're all my new friends. (laughs) And I just, I love it, right? So this escapism was something that I did often and I did hard. But I would go, I would stop at my favorite ice cream stand. I would get just a kitty cone and I would eat my ice cream, read my book, give myself 30 minutes, and then I would go pick up my kids. I was a totally different person picking up those kids after eating a kitty cone. (laughs) Now there were times where I would pick them up We would get the kitty cone together, but you know what? There is nothing like an ice cream with yourself and your book and escaping, filling your cup and then going and doing the thing that needs to be done. So it doesn't have to be this all or nothing thinking. It is this and that. So that's what that looks like. 
knowing your priorities and making yourself one of them. For myself, I didn't know my priorities. I knew what everybody else needed because I felt like that was the role that I played. That was my job. That's what I needed to do. I had to pay attention to where everybody needed to be, where their missing shit was. I had to get it for them. All the things that you do when you have people that you take care of, right? And I never made myself the priority. The only time that I made myself the priority was when I was at the end of my rope. There was no more options. It was forced and the universe was like, hey, listen, you're going to sit your ass down. And now you're going to have to take care of you because you're sick. You run yourself into the ground or all these stupid other things that I would be doing that would push it all the way to the edges before I would recognize that I needed to be a priority too. And this takes some sitting down and giving yourself a block of time to recognize what is it that you want for you. And often I would just run into the day without having my morning practices of knowing what is it that I want from this day? What am I going to accomplish in this day, this one day that I have to live? Often I was so far into the future worrying about all the other things, trying to keep up without recognizing that the one thing that was the priority that I needed to keep up with was me. So having a morning practice of knowing what are your priorities? What are the top three things that you need to accomplish in this day in order to feel like you had a successful day? Just that alone is making you a priority because then you can figure out for the next 17 hours that you're going to be awake, what are you going to do with getting those three things done or two things or whatever feels better. For some people, it's just that one thing. I know for me, I work with three. I like three. It feels good and I feel like I can do it. Sometimes it's a stretch and other times I feel like I've crushed it when I've got all three things done in a day. Next, I would say it's knowing the order of importance on what you need and stop letting everything be more important. So for me, I didn't know the order of importance until it was an emergency. I wasn't dealing with my own personal shit until it became an emergency. And again, that put me in this fight or flight response to everything. I was always responding like everything was a damn drama fest. When in actuality, if I knew the importance of what I needed, then I could take care of it, right? So this is how, again, having these morning habits of knowing what my priorities are, I know the order of what's important in my life and I know what I've got to take care of. And this is where I start to climb up that ladder. Again, I don't need to be the first person every single day. Now I do get to live a life where I am the first priority. My kids are grown now. But in the times where my kids were little, And I remember being, I was part of Mary Kay and there would be times where I would have directors or people saying, you need to be that first priority. And I was like, friend, that is just an impossible feat right now. So it just had me feeling more defeated that I couldn't make myself that number one priority all the time because I had little kids and that was, they were the priority. It didn't mean that I wasn't a priority too. And that was the piece that they were not saying to me and that I was not getting. And I didn't figure out until years had gone by, years of just pure hell. 
You don't need to do that. So you know what you want to change your life. We all do. We all know what we want. You've been saying it over and over again. I used to say it too, and it's just been piling up and ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it until you just can't. But know that it all starts with just one small decision. It doesn't have to be this big, giant life, earth-shattering change that you need to make in order for you to make one small decision because that's where it starts. It all starts with the one small decision that you make for yourself and then you build from there. And for myself, I couldn't see that either. Again, we're going to go back up to the top of this all or nothing thinking. And for me, it was like, I can't do it because I don't have this, 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 this. And it was all or nothing thinking instead of one small decision. One small decision like go to bed 30 minutes earlier. One small decision like it doesn't all need to be done in order for me to go to bed. (laughs) Right? It's all going to be there waiting for me, you know? The one small decision means that I'm going to have that book with me so that I can get an ice cream and I can set my timer for 30 minutes and not have somebody hanging off the side of me, picking and poking at me, but rather I had a moment of peace and quiet. Maybe you don't have littles. Maybe you've never experienced that, but you have a phone that just keeps dinging at you, distracting you and pulling your attention in other ways. It is totally okay for you to create a small amount of space and work from there and the space will grow from there. I started with 30 minutes of licking an ice cream cone in a park alone with a book, going to half day to a full day, just taking off and going away because that's what I need. And that feels so, so good. There is, again, when you come back and you have a little bit more in your cup because you put it there and you made yourself the priority, the guilt does dissipate because you can see that once you go through that space of feeling guilty or feeling bad, that when you are filled up and your reserves feel really good, you can come back and be more patient and compassionate and able and ready to be there in the way that you want to be. But if we never get through that guilty feeling, if we never push through to see what's on the other side, we'll always stay trapped in the guilt or we won't even take the step into the guilt and we stay in the anger or we stay in the resentment or we stay in the just doing the thing and bypassing ourselves. So don't do that. (laughs) No more of that. Now you have three things that you can be working on. So a quick recap. It's that all or nothing thinking. It can be this and that, not that or this. So this and that. You can take care of the things you need to take care of and you can take care of yourself. The second one is knowing your priorities and making yourself one of them. Figure out what those priorities are. Sit down and make a list. Maybe that's your first 15 minute or your 30 minute block for yourself is what do I want for myself? If you don't know, because I used to be that person too, where I literally didn't know what the hell I wanted. I don't know, just whatever. That was my answer for everything because it was easier. I was, it was decision fatigue. I was so tired from making decisions for everybody else that by the time it came time for me to make a damn decision for myself, I couldn't. 
So what I did was I wrote down everything that I didn't want. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. I am so freaking tired of this and that and this and that. I'll tell you what, I knew a lot more of that than I knew of what I wanted. And when I wrote all of that down, A, I got it all up and out of me. And then B, almost always, it was the opposite of what I didn't want is really what I did want. So I'm so sick and tired of running and doing everything for everyone else except for myself. That was one of my things. I'm tired of running, tired of always constantly being doing something. The opposite of that is, is I need to be still. I need to sit. I just need quiet. I need nobody talking to me. I don't want to hear voices. I want to hear my own voice. All of these things became what I did want. So maybe that's a way for you to start. And then lastly, knowing the order of importance of what you need and stop letting everything else be more important than you. So knowing the order of importance of what you need comes down to really writing down what that is. And it doesn't mean write it down once and then go run off and never look at it again. Again, I have been her. (laughs) So what it means is coming back to it every single day. Every single day when you create the practice and sometimes creating that morning habit of sitting down and writing down your top three priorities for the day, that's the space that you need. That's the quiet that you need to get clear and to say, all right, how am I going to be successful in this one day that I have? And that's just it. I'm going to do these things. But if we don't create the habit of doing it, you will have just written this shit down and it will have been another something that you just wrote down. It will feel good in the moment because you're letting it out. But I promise that when you move forward into the habit of making yourself and knowing what your own priorities are and making yourself that priority, that's going to feel a hell of a lot better and different as you get up every single day and you do it again. You are the priority. And that is how you become the priority without feeling guilty. So that's a wrap. This is something that I feel super passionate about. And I pray that you are not feeling guilty in a space where it feels hard, right? To step out of. If we tell ourselves it's hard, it will be hard. But if we look at ourselves being a priority, and that is okay, and that self-love, and that self-care, It must be done in order for us to show up in the way that we want to show up, whether it is in your life, your business, your relationships, whether it's the relationship with yourself, which is most important. These are the ways that we can start to take those small steps forward in order to make the changes that we need to make in order to be happy where we are. So remember, wherever you are today, let's make this one day meaningful. Let's make it magical and above all else, make this one day matter. All right, go get it and let's go make it happen. And I am here cheering you on. And could you do your girl a favor and leave me a rating and review on iTunes? If you have found some value in some of the crazy and some of the amazing and some of anything that I've had to say to you, 
in these last few episodes, go ahead and leave a rating and review because it helps other people just like you find the show. And I'm always hanging out on socials, so you can find me on Facebook at Carol Mix. Head on over there and let me know that you're listening. I love to connect with the listeners of this show, and I'd love to hear more from you and what's going on in your amazing world. All right, take care of yourself, and I will see you on the next episode.